Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, I'm excited for this week's guest. Um, somebody that we run in the same circles and uh, knew of each other pretty much all throughout school. And uh, I'm just stoked to have some eccentric conversations with today's guest, Sarah Goodmanson. If you want to. I mean, there's nobody here. I know I, I do it like I'm actually like Mr. Rogers or some shit, but... <laughs> And there's a lot of bright fucking lights and <laughs> mazel. That's Andy Nawal. He's the uh, he's a bice or no, he's a gay half Jewish Nawal. <laughs> and actually, that's the whale sitting right next to you. <laughs> no, he's okay. Um, so. We were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but um, so you have three siblings or there's three of you? Four of us, three siblings. Okay. And then where are you at in that mix? I am the second. I'm the second oldest. My brother is Stephen is only 17 months older than me. Kayla is... Okay. Yeah, we're pretty closely spaced out, and I don't even know why. Well, we have friends. <laughs> but we, we are very close, like, on each other. What, what, tr- like, are your parents religious, or was your family? Oh, very much. Yes. Yeah, very conservative. Um, Christian, Catholic, 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 Yeah, so that's the 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 thing that I always thought of was like the expectations of you guys because your mother worked at the high school, um, and then I feel like there was kind of a a stereotype because of you guys' last name, you you were all perceived as like good straight laced. Mm. And I definitely think that that is a not uncommon in our society, even amongst people who aren't conservative or religious, uh, maybe especially so in some of those places. But I definitely think that that's not uncommon and not possible. You know what? Like, I wish we would have had that label back then because... It, it was such a good, it really was such a good descriptor for 
what the way that like a lot of kids were being raised because there was such a there was a wave uh, from you know Kevin's youth group. So the religious aspect got pushed. You were either like a fun Christian or a conservative Christian, but everybody was Christian. Yeah. So like they. That's, the, that's our town. <laughs> yeah. So it was a big. It was. It could get pretty testy because you know it's stressful enough being a kid in a small town because everybody knows everything and then when you add on top of it like these eternal consequences for how you act so you're not just going to get detention if you do something outside of school so like just a massive there's a lot of room for shame and oh, yeah. and stress <laughs> Mm. And there are a lot of cliches about that. God is only want one thing and it makes him hate Oh, him. yeah, yeah. I never thought of that until I was probably older than this person. <laughs> 23, 24. And then I had um, an ex-boyfriend really kind of break it down and uh, and insist on So you're saying like he was like telling telling you mansplaining how women dress and what it no, describes or well <laughs> Oh. It was me. And and he was like, no, but like all women who Oh. And I was like, no, though. Okay. Um, and he was like, yeah, all of them. That was new for him, too. I guess we both kind of came to those realizations together. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's actually really common in our society, too. And I think, especially in our generation, even, it's kind of preached that guys and girls are the same with their libido and their mindsets and stuff. You see all these, like, college party videos, and there's that chick who's really cool and open about her sexuality and stuff, and I, I think there's something a little off about that. I'm just not sure. <laughs> okay. I'm interested in, 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 in diving in a little more of that. So you think that there is a, a difference in like sex drive you're saying or yeah, yeah okay yes i'm gonna move your mic just a smidge sure. i'm gonna do a <laughs> no 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 um so motivation for Mm. And then I shifted out of that decision and 
those are stereotypes and they're not based on anything really substantial. And I kind of thought everybody was getting more or less the same. And I, I did not factor in some of the evolutionary aspects of hormones and, and, and different things like that. I, I think somebody said to me one time or brought up the point that like a male animal is more or less motivated to, well, we're all, all animals are motivated to reproduce, um, carry on their Yep, their genealogy for yeah. sure. Yeah. So because like in in our species we call it rape, but in the an, in the animal ki- kingdom it's copulating. So because they're genetically predisposed to do this thing, it's completely out of their control. But as a society, like the fact that we have societies, right? We, we can even say that. Right. And we have so once you have yeah. There's a natural evolution just the same of society. And I feel like we're not even close to our potential limit. But that is part of that process. Yeah. I mean, we talk about like, it's weird because there's, what are they called? Meninists? No, no, no. The. Right. Yeah. So that think that like, oh, we, I, we don't treat women any differently. So it must not be real that women are treated differently. And Well, and then they tend to kind of flock to and even because they're more attracted to and have more in common with women who believe the same kinds of things as them most of the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, like, she said, like, I can never count, like, men wouldn't treat me like men do. And I'm yeah. like, first of all, <laughs> I submit every day, and you are married to my father, and I don't, if you don't feel it, like, I, it's there. And I don't need to convince her of it. I don't want to convince her that she's yeah i always say that it sucks that you like an individual like when people start to talk that way i'm like it sucks that you grew up in an environment where that shit was normalized because you shouldn't like the whole subservient thing like it shouldn't be a point of pride like that's a submissive thing where you're 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 uh, basically you're on the verge of putting your candle out. Right. I, I, I don't think there's anything to be proud of in a circumstance where any person has less of a voice than they otherwise would. And even children, um, I strongly about that as well. Like I just uh, I think it's important to 
For sure. Yeah, and I mean, I, w- I was just talking about this with somebody about how when I was in school, like it was viewed the way that I would interact with like authoritative figures. It, I was like, people thought that I was like anti-authority. So that was my whole thing. But the more that I thought about it, like all of the teachers or faculty that I had issues with were ones who spoke down to students. And it's like, we spend how many hours a day with each other you know that we have the capacity to have normal conversations with you. Like there's no need to do this. Like other than you're trying to stand your ground and make sure that there's this weird, I don't know. So that was something that I always struggled with was why can't all people be treated like they have the capacity to be on the same level? Well, and you know, I get that there's like, Yeah. I do think that some of how we interact with each other affects how other we interact with you. And yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It makes me sad. It sounds so condescending to think about that as a view. But I mean, it, it it's weird because because I have that whole I I I don't I live in the gray. Like I I don't it's hard for me to make like a hard stance on anything. So I try to look at things from all angles. So I know that beyond my, like the reason, one of the reasons why I thought that way was because of my codependency issues. Uh, I'm, I'm prone to white knighting and like self-righteous stuff. So because I see this, I'm the one, Oh, obviously nobody else is doing anything about it. So I have to be the one, but it's not always necessary. So there was definitely situations where it didn't need to be had or I could have just talked to somebody about it rather than being so confrontational. But I mean, back to since we're back on on school, like I'm curious, um, did you feel like you were treated differently by other students because of kind of the because I feel like Steve, like there was he really was looked like a like a like a straight laced like does everything yeah. right kind of person Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
Mm. <laughs> I so when did you become I was trying to think of this too and I hope this doesn't offend you but I feel like you're like a combination of Jack Sparrow and Mary Tyler Moore I mean it sounds awesome. <laughs> in like the like you can look a certain way but you have this like whimsical and artful way of looking at things yeah. In a way that other people don't. Yeah, I like so to, I like to break the concepts more on the inside. Than the inside. <laughs> I mean, like. But when did that happen? Like, when did the self-discovery stuff happen? Like, did you go to college? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, and it was it was less that it was I actually ended up going to an inpatient treatment center for an eating disorder at the age of twenty one. Uh, so therapy is the shit, obviously. Um, but it wasn't all of it. I think another. Okay, wait. Let's backtrack. Sure. So. You did inpatient, you said? Yeah. Okay. So when, because you've always been fairly thin, mm-hmm. um, but like what was that, did it become like an expectation for yourself where because you thought you needed to maintain it, it that that's what kind of pushed it overboard or... When you are used to kind of shutting down your yourself, your own emotions, mm. um, like no, I I don't need to take care of myself. I don't need to take care of myself. You're you're trying to shut down things like um, I kind of learned or felt like I was taught that being angry is kind of bad. Hmm. Mm. My normal cues about being a human being, like being hungry. Ah. Uh. And because I was also motivated by some concepts that 
like that. I felt that that was a pretty easy and acceptable way to do it. Wow. And I didn't know why not. That's fascinating. Yeah. Like the, I get, I, I get what you're saying. That's, I never thought about it in that way though. Like yeah. for people who do like bottle things up, how it fucks with your mechanism of what is what is healthy to kind of keep to yourself and then yeah. wow well and you know what's interesting take that a step further so there were different stages there were different points that it would be it would be more the um uh not eating at all or there were times that it was more of a bulimia like a purging uh situation for me and same kind of concept, but but also a different scenario. You are suppressing and suppressing and suppressing, mm. and that that was probably what what made me think of this theory that I had. Um, I just noticed that when I was trying to not purge on on my own before. Th- outside of therapy and things like that I also not well even when I did even when that was my normal eating kind of pattern my whole life kind of operated that way like I would have have binges and purges of chocolate and then also chocolate uh. and not purges I guess but like kind of restriction okay then binges mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is that kind of excites my brain. Um, and my brain doesn't make this pattern. And it's still probably a little bit. I think a lot of that is an ADD thing. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, and, and in fact, what I just recently learned in the last couple of years is that uh, it, it is more statistically common for, for undiagnosed Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly because of that. Because there is a kind of deficit in the frontal lobe. Oh. Of the, of the, the type. Okay. And that's why ADD, I just listened to this and I was thinking about it in one of the podcasts. It's people with ADD have a higher propensity as well to be addicts. For sure. And Well, yeah, I just learned like a week ago that we're more prone to um, like if if you're with a group of friends and somebody's like, we should go to Duluth right now. The person with ADD or ADHD is going to be like, yeah, let's do it. Like if somebody presents an idea that, yeah, seems cool or is just like, yeah, why not? Like we're very susceptible to that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, like the the um, the uh, compulsion, like we're super prone to that, which yeah, absolutely feeds into addiction because you're just as easily talked into like let's go day drinking and eat tacos or let's. It's harder to make yourself 
Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And there's too many of us. Yeah. Well, for that to not be. I, I also didn't know that there was like a spectrum for ADD and ADHD. But like there there's like a variety. I feel like it's if you have ADD or ADHD, it's you probably have uh, what do they call it? Dual diagnosis. So there's probably another thing that marries with that mm-hmm. that kind of puts you in a different area than somebody else. So like my friend who has uh, ADHD that we just had on. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's supposed to be called ADHD. Well, no, no, no. I, th- I think because it's a adult, I, I don't know. But, but um, so his thing is like, he'll get extremely emotional in confrontational moments and it's something that he says he can't help like tears will just start coming out and he just has no control over it and so his version of what like ADD does to him is completely different from like what it does to myself I feel like we all though have like the whole uh reading a book how you can just blow past a page and have no idea what you read, and so you have to go back. Like, I feel like a lot of us have that in common. Although, I don't know if that... I guess I didn't know that was an ADD thing. Maybe, more, maybe it happens with more frequently, but I just think that that's just like everybody. <laughs> but I'm, I'm probably around more people with Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we, um, or at least for myself. So, like, I don't, I haven't asked this enough, but um, we recognize really quickly at the beginning of a conversation with somebody new whether they're reserved or not, and so we kind of adapt into. Like pol- some some people consider it being polite, but like being interested in whatever it is they're talking about. Uh, yeah. That like, oh wow, I I didn't know that about mini golf. Like that's so fascinating. Like we and like I said, I don't know if that's an everybody thing, but I found that like when you notice that somebody's like like uh, at work yesterday, somebody came in. And uh, they were kind of limping a little bit to get a piercing changed out. And I was like, hey, how's it going? And they were like, oh, I just had asshole surgery. I got my tubes tied. And then I had rhinolabia pla- or uh, labiaplasty. I was just like, holy shit. So, like, you can tell right out of the gate, like, oh, yeah, we're just going to talk about everything. <laughs>
or like trying to find ways to get people to open up because that reservation makes us feel uncomfortable. Cause it's like, why, why don't put your wall down, man? This is, I'm, I'm a safe person. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you want to push this a little. Yes. You want to push this just a little bit closer to you? That's okay. Womp. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's better. Well, these chairs rock and it moves the arm. So it just happens. Because when Kim is on, she's constantly doing this. So I'm like, baby, <laughs> grab the mic, pull it closer to you. Um, but, I mean, I'm fascinated because, like, we all kind of saw each other from time to time um, after high school, and there would be like, oh, what are you up to, yada, yada, bullshit. But you kind of, like, disappeared, at least off of my radar. And and then when I saw you again, you were, like, a completely different person. So that's what I'm fascinated to see is to, like, you are like very artsy and love interpreting things. And I th- just think that's so rad. And so, so like when did like, when it comes to like art and the, you know, the kind of lesser known things about life or things that like people weren't diving into, like, uh, like fine art photography and different types of music and things like when did you start to go down that rabbit hole of like going from this conservative kind of upbringing to basically like Coachella? I think it's down to the same thing. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I think it's down back to um, the, same, the same thing, going to therapy and kind of learning some stuff about like what is Ah. About how I was interacting with things and and feeling free or free, starting with accepting your emotions and that there are no emotions that are right or wrong. It's okay to have them. How you express them, what you choose to do with those emotions, that may be something to consider. But feeling comfortable and letting yourself being aware of it, that all comes with what you like. And people don't have an answer to that. And it's just, it's almost, it's almost addicting once you start to realize how much happier you can be just, just noticing, how do I feel today? What is this feeling for me? And then unlocking emotions like it is, we're complicated, um, but we're also kind of not given all the yeah. When I like realized that, um, so I, I didn't know this, but so, uh, when I was put on uh hold at, so I was at the adult mental health unit in St. Cloud 
hospital for eight days. And I didn't know that. So they had like diagnosed me with uh, major depression, anxiety and, and things like that. But they had also written down a note that said um, potentially uh, hy- hypomania, which is like just a step below being bipolar. Um, but a lot of the same stuff. Very, very similar. Um, and so without knowing that, I was listening to this podcast and they had a, a clairvoyant on. And uh, the guy said, I'm uh, I'm bipolar and people who are bipolar are more prone to being clairvoyant. And I went, fuck. Whoa. We're not actually clairvoyant. We're not connected to... God damn it. I was like, he... It was ironic that he said this thing and it was like, oh, you actually just described why we think we are. And I started like subtly asking my friends who were out about being bipolar if they had noticed this kind of feeling. And they all of them were like, yeah, for sure. And I was wow. like, fuck. So. <laughs> but when you are really tapping people's energy, mm. wow! Because you're taking that away for somebody who will flip out if you are not being genuine in what you do. Wow! Yeah, that's and an I've excellent been, point. That's a good piece to a puzzle that I've been trying to solve because I've described it like on the verge of what you just said, which was fascinating. But I like I said, I've said when so when I found that out, right, that this guy was like I, the whole clairvoyant thing was like shit and the whole being perceptive of people's energy and like that whole thing. I was like, really, what was happening was I was like forcing or like projecting my openness and like word vomiting like personal shit and getting people to open up and I yeah. was did it so much that if you do that often enough you're going to kind of be able to guess where people are going to go with whatever it is that you're bringing up so for sure Yeah, I always say that uh, your your brain doesn't really give a fuck about your feelings. Yeah. It just wants to survive. So, like, because we're such an advanced species, like, comparatively to a lot of other creatures, your brain just adapts to whatever. There's still a base level. There's still that three-step program of we need water. Mm-hmm. Tell the brain that we need to think about how to get water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's it just adapted along with us and is like so like when it came to addiction there was like the midbrain trying to figure out how to get dopamine get that that major rush of dopamine um midbrain is like do whatever lingo you need to to make it so that we think that we have to go get it right now so like there's this subconscious thing that doesn't 
fucking care. It's just like, we know that the, the dopamine juice means we're surviving. So say that we had a really, you know, we were super bummed out that Panic at the Disco canceled their show. So now we have to go drink. But I mean, people don't realize like with eating disorder stuff like that, that is that falls under the addiction umbrella. And like, and I I wish that more people would talk about it that way because we're becoming so open about addiction. But there's still like this weird standoff ishness towards eating disorder stuff. been right so far so Yeah. As a feminist, like there is a lot of shit that is not sexual about it. <laughs> yeah. But that's part of how we do it. That's part of how we you gotta get those voices out. You gotta get these that's just it's how it has worked for whatever reason. And I think as we as we progress further and further, I think there is probably gonna be a less because we'll understand how to communicate and we'll demonstrate this together. Yeah. That's so, we, like, it's so funny. Like, we have such a similar brain pattern, like, in the in the way that we describe things. Because yeah. when I talk to people who are like, yeah, I'm like, I'm for women's rights or I'm for gay rights, but do they have to be so loud about it? And I always say, like, they have, there has to be some loud person and people when they bring up uh martin luther king it's like he was considered too fucking loud like back in the day that's why he was fucking assassinated like the like pe- Yes, 100%. So over time, people look at it as like a, a necessary thing that needed to happen. But well, why? Exactly. exactly. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm right there with like the like, ooh, is there like a conscience? Like, do you need to say that? It's a little obnoxious sometimes. And it's also because I've been there too. And I'm sure on social media, we've witnessed me that way. There's certain things that stick out in my mind, like when it comes to um, what is like the wh- how history is going to look back on a thing. And there, there's I I always do. I, now I do this test of 
uh, to figure out whether I'm wrong about a, a feeling that I have. Um, this was probably like 10 years ago. Uh, it was Mother's Day, and I was like, uh, if you are saying Happy Mother's Day to me because you own a cat, it's not the same fucking thing. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> I'm very solid on that one. So I do feel that way, but... I had a lot of people get really upset because they were like, what, there's, you know, a large number of women, well, people who can't have kids, people who, so the attachment that they feel, there's like trauma associated with it. Yeah. So I started to realize like, it's fine to have whatever like thought. It's like when people complain about um, how there's plus size models, right? They're like, oh, why, why does that have to be out there? And it's like, nobody's saying you have to like it. Right. Or, J- just shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, like, people, <laughs> like, I hate country. I hate country music, but I'm not gonna go protest a Garth Brooks concert. Like, I don't. Yeah. It's it's. Yeah. Yeah. I and well, and I mean, it's okay. It's okay to be wrong. Like, it, I'm fine with. I'm fine with like, understanding that I get upset about irrational things, and I just accept those things about myself and say I. I can't help it. Doesn't mean I'm gonna like do like a hard stance and die on this hill of like people who chew with their mouth open need to be pushed off a ledge. Right. Like yeah. I'm <laughs> I Yeah. Well, I I think there's a lot of like self-reflective. I don't know if it's projecting, but like I I feel like I've started to notice that people do this whole like when they do say that they have an issue with X, Y, Z, I feel like they are internally going, well, I could never do this thing. I could never be with a same sex person. And so because of that uncomfortability, yeah. it comes out as I I'm not so sure that it's an okay thing.
something that discomfort is causing them in some part of them that wants to change. And what bothers them is that it's not, they determined that it's not acceptable. Mm. And other people need to too. Ah. You know what I'm so kind. Well, now that I think about it, like That's true. the you're gay. No. <laughs> Everybody's a little gay. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Honey boomer, right? Um, but it's making me realize that, like, what the the reason why they're vocal is they're looking for somebody to go right. Right, guys? Because then they can go, whew, I'm not the only one, and therefore, I'm a little right, at least. Yeah, There's... Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think that's what made me... Sorry, that swung a little bit again. Bring her just a smith. Like I said, these are rocking chairs, so they're going to bounce and... <laughs> I the I, I I love when people do get cross-legged on these chairs because I want people to feel like we're just talking. Yeah. I don't want it to seem like I'm grilling somebody or that like I'm putting on right. some type of stand. Like I love I love when people get comfy, won't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just I, I think I noticed certain things about myself that like what irritates me the most about even just somebody who seems dumber in my life mm. I realized reminded me of a younger me mm. as much and it took a long time to admit that because I didn't I didn't want to look at that. Yeah. But but when I started looking for it, then I then I definitely always thought people who bothered me the most in those days were like a, um yeah, like a younger me that I had learned not to like. Mm. And that just reinforced the concept without anything else that you think is wrong about other people <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah dude when i like realized that i was an atheist it's so funny like people like assume that it was like i was like in church or like some had some religious thing like it actually happened when i was holding layla editing some photos and listening to some some audio stuff and i just looked down and i was like Oh, this is what's important. Like a world where I can trust other human beings to have her best interest at heart. Like I the here the hereafter shit, I don't care about. There is something two things that are really, really huge for me on what you just said. 
first one is that provision. Uh, my main problem with provision is that it takes out a kind of personal responsibility for prior decisions because it tells you you're not right. Mm-hmm. And and I think. Yeah. In some of the things that I think, so, um, like with our generation as well, um, uh, two out of the three of my siblings are millionaires, and and they really, they really grasp. Pretty steadfast. Yeah, they're no, well. They grasp the the um, the imperfection and the self improvement. And Stephen actually said a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, in a relation that is that is necessary, and I I agree with that. But but there is a part of like just necessarily in the message of Christianity that you will not be. You can only be as good as you can be, mm-hmm. and you can't be you can't be perfectly moral or perfect perfectly good and not fuck up. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the concept of absolute morality is such a fucking oxymoron because the second that you become aware of an immoral thing, if you don't change, then it's already been diminished and you don't have. So there's like Christian apologists like to push like this concept that um, uh, God um, is an absolute, has absolute morality. He's the like one decider of what's good and evil, but throughout history, there's a lot of things that he was given the thumbs up on that society was like, well, maybe not. So, like with religion, it has never been the church that has made progress, it's always society that says, Hey, we should probably change this. And to be open. And some of that is wisdom, but it feels like religion. <laughs> when we decide, Mom, you know, it's better this way. Yeah. It's better the way it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids do these days. Ah, oh, God. And that is something that I forget if it was Aristotle or Plato, but one of them said these older guys had been saying that about the younger kids for. I'm I'm glad that I haven't hit that stage yet. Like I'm so stoked to see uh like Landon has 
a transgender friend, a pansexual friend, and like it's nothing. It doesn't matter to them at all. Like when I bring it up, I'm like, really? Well, that's fascinating. And they're just like, yeah, it's just so and so. Like, Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they don't have any, like, formulated thoughts, even about what is the truth and what is right. And as much as we try to think like that, we'll, we'll never feel like empty in our concept of just what being a human is and, and what society has told us about life and ourselves and, and all of that. And it's the best we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, um, Hitchens used to say this, which was, um, you know, people uh, who are uh, part of a church. So like the LDS church, for example, uh, they believe that Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. Mormonism, is the one true religion and they know it deep within them. They have a testimony that they bear about it, yada, yada. But if you were born in Pakistan or a Muslim, uh, you know, highly Muslim populated area, you would have been a devout Muslim and you would be saying the exact same thing about Islam. So like it's, it's a, this, it's this weird thing of you don't like, it's tough for people to grasp that it's a, it is a regional thing. Like you really are. (laughs) Mm. It's, it's culture, it's the age you were born into, the society, the family. It comes down to the experiences that you experienced, which I genuinely believe if you were born into somebody else's life mm-hmm. and experienced all the same things as you, you would be just like them. There's yeah. nothing intrinsically They should know better, but it's still one of those things. It's like we feel like we learned better about something. Yeah. Well, it's and the. It's annoying that they don't. <laughs> and that's all our. That's our narcissism. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. It's the. I, I. Like, I don't think people realize like how much the Dunning Kruger effect applies to like everybody's life. Like what you were just saying was basically describing the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is if you like that that Mormon uh, Islam example, right? You wouldn't know. You would have no idea that you could even compare a different life to what you're living right now. So it's it's almost impossible unless an outside source makes you aware of that thing to think that you could even be wrong. So you, it's not that you're, it's not that everybody's ignorant. Maybe that's why everybody wants to <laughs> Yeah. They just lack the, that concept of like, so the, the most famous quote of the Dunning-Kruger effect or example is, uh, stupid people lack the capacity to recognize that they're stupid. 
So like, you know, people from the south a little whistle and stuff. Uh, I just, you know, I, I live in the mountains and skin beavers and, you know what I mean? Like, that guy would have, <laughs> exactly like, but he would have no idea if he's growing up around other mountain folk that there's even a difference. Once you start to introduce other things, then they're like, oh, that seems weird and dumb and that makes me uncomfortable, so. <laughs> Yes. You know, um, the more time I devote into um, practicing any given thing, I'm going to be more relaxed. Yeah. Am I Taylor Swift? Are you Taylor Swift? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I don't get that right. No, I'm just, I just like to throw that out. Like, it's just me being a facetious. No, I just mean like there, uh, like, like how, so people don't know, but like when you were talking to Kim earlier and like how, uh, you see somebody's social media life and you feel like you know them and that whole Hillary Duff thing, like there's an aspect of like the way that if, if the way that they are on social media is, is how they are, then I know for sure that I could get along with them. When in reality, who fucking knows? Yeah. And they, well, I mean, I, I <laughs> it boils down to how they present themselves with humans and, and interview with them and do any of this. Uh, that's Taylor Swift. <laughs> but anyways, so, uh, so you had touched on that uh, conversation with that boyfriend who was kind of saying that what his person... And actually leads to that Dunning-Kruger thing, like... All of his examples of how women are were told to him and explained to him that if you see a woman that looks like this. And then he interprets it. That's what blows me so <laughs> He interprets it through that lens. And that's what I've analyzed it a lot. And I'm just like, how, why, why do you think that when she does that, that's what she's trying to indicate to you? That's just idiotic. Yeah. your relationships um outside of high school like i'm curious as to like what your perception of like did you think that you were gonna find a good christian man and then you guys were gonna live like a similar life to how you grew up Mm. for liking me but not wanting to date me. Like, 
why are you that superficial? Why are you drawn to bad guys who like cocaine? Like, there's something wrong with that girl. She's dumb or blind or something. And I didn't want to be that. And I didn't want to be superficial. So I didn't want it to be all about looks. The thing that I that I realized where it shifted my perspective all the way is if you want Superficial, but isn't that friendship? Yeah. Isn't that what being friends is? <laughs> yeah. Like you're supposed to be a chem- you're supposed to have a chemistry. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And it was such a waste of their time that I gave them a chance. Because I couldn't get there. I mm. couldn't. If I wasn't that attracted to them, I was always explaining to myself why I should be Mm. I really wanted it in the same way as a relationship that I was genuinely attracted to the person that I was with. Yeah. Completely different. Mind blowing. Yeah, well, I mean, to 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 say like that we recognize how biology works and how the chemicals in your brain work, but then in the same world that you're supposed to go against how you genuinely feel like when it comes to attraction. Yeah. And all it is is those people complaining or touting this kind of message that I didn't know why not to listen to mm. are attracted to that one and they don't feel bad about it or Yeah, I, I, it's a massive double standard. Really, so that's, that's and in comes Simpson incels. Like, really, these were bitter individuals. And I, I get to an extent, like, being so downtrodden about your physical appearance that you're incapable of, like, being able to love yourself and therefore you're reaching for... When you see somebody that's attractive, you go... God damn it, why why can't I instead of just being like, wow, that person's attractive, mm-hmm. you f- for some reason internalize this like, uh, why does it why does a bitch like that not give a guy like me a chance? Yeah. But there's something so controlling and entitled about that. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's another theory that I have is uh, when people stop introspecting, um, it's it's the result of some kind of trauma. Usually, you know, uh, narcissists in general, it's some kind of trauma that they're unable to really recapture themselves, and they were legitimately wronged in some way that like they're just like no. We're not going to talk to you like this, treat you like this, and they kind of warp a lot of what other people do into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then they never 
Yeah. Oh, they they all the people like that hijack the word deserve. Like I when when I hear somebody overuse the word deserved, and it, like I I deserve. It's like. Like, I feel like now the only time when it's acceptable to use that word is when you're trying to help somebody and, and you're saying you deserve to be happy, you deserve to be safe and like shit like that. Otherwise, yeah, people who are shitty or were shitty, like, took that word and made it this ugly thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's because you're right. It's for sure. Ah. Yeah. Or you you should have the opportunity to yeah. There's all kinds of different ways that you can say it, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like deserve does have like this because it's a yeah, it is. It's tied to entitlement for sure. So were you in relationships where men felt entitled to some aspect of you? You want to pull it up again? Sorry. Yeah, um, <laughs> giving relationships a chance, spending more time in any kind of dating situation or relationship that I otherwise would have not been interested in. Um, so there were subtleties of all of that. But, it, you know, it was still a little bit about, about who they were. Mm. Yeah. I I was um like I realize now why I had a lot of bad relationships uh growing up is because um I was like bef- before I knew what trauma bonding was that became part of like the the glue that made me like want to stick to this person was first attractive. Let's have a conversation. And then because of ADD and codependency shit oversharing and then finding out, Oh wow, you're fucked up too. We should have a, (laughs) we should have a, we should have a fucked up relationship together is what ended up happening. Mm. Other more romantic or spiritual things, even. I have a friend um, who, like, doesn't really grasp some of those things. Is it because they don't have thumbs? Me out of I'm sorry, I'm in a state of 
I think you're giving it a little more credit. No, I'm I'm prone to doing that. I'm prone to doing that to people. <laughs> Sorry. So you have a friend. Yeah. To say that about two people in a row or seven. I mean, but but he's really ascribing so much of that, like, no, just do it. Mm. You know, and like there are a lot of reasons why you're doing something. Are they bipolar? Because we bipolars say that a lot. I just have. <laughs> it's a, it's if. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, so do they also say they now are doing this? They're not the person I thought they were. And like, it d- devolves into, oh my God, what what did I get myself into? Like, and then I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. And then a couple like shallower kind of like, well, I'm not going to do this way. I'm not going to think these things. But then everything's fine. You know, like, I'm not going to say anything anymore. And then. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's not true for everybody, but like, I, I feel like it's really common to not know what to reserve some judgment for. Ah. I think people, like, rather than, there's a a lot of, when they hear something that contradicts with how they feel, they they keep it to themselves for some reason, rather than saying, what do you mean by that? Or why why do you think you feel that way? I never do that. <laughs> uh, but I didn't used to, but I 
Yeah. Yeah. I just don't I don't have patience to sit and assume that I could say to somebody and give them the respect of the opportunity to address it. Yeah. Because I do believe that even though I I have learned and, and do advocate for for speaking up about Right. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I think that comes with like the, the way, I mean, for me personally, like the way that I interacted with people, um, the whole combativeness, uh, yeah, there's definitely instances where they could have had a normal day had I not, you know, got like t- decided to question everything. Mm. Um, whatever reason that it is that you don't feel as free to say certain things as you otherwise want to be, it, it can get muddled in that too. Yeah. But I, I do think um, usually it works a little bit better. It, it usually works better when you, when you think about it. Yeah. Like, I'm not disguising anything. I read this and I heard this. Sam Harris, I don't know if you know much about Sam Harris. I do. He's the greatest, and, and he has a book called Tiny, I think. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, it sounded right. I just don't remember. But and he was 
coming from some other country back into the United States in college. And it was some time after he learned about this concept of like, maybe it's always immoral or worse mm. to not, no, to lie, that it might be. Oh. Because he was willing to disclose things that people otherwise would be uncomfortable to do. Uh-huh. And it's not that he was maybe totally comfortable, but he was honest enough that they trusted the rest of what he was saying, too. And they had every reason to, because I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, the so his um, journey to discovering what morality really is... He was willing to put himself out there to figure out is is this something worth it, or is is lying uh, a true indicator of being a moral person or but vice versa. Now, what is politeness except for passive aggressive toxicity? Honestly, and I'm not saying that I'm against politeness. I'm Mm-hmm. Because you will trust me. You will trust what I say. And your trust is worth more to me than your feelings of uh, uh, about my choice not to be polite and to be honest. Yeah, well, like your um, uh, expectations of uh, how a social interaction is going to go doesn't mean that I have to adhere to whatever that is. Well, and it's also, it's a sad for me, like, it reminds me, my boyfriend sent some video of, like, here's what not to ever say uh, to your wife when she asks, like, does this dress make me look fat or something like that? Mm. And I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think that it's cool to tell somebody that they should, I don't think they do, like, if I see a picture of my sister, or whatever, if I see a a picture of my sister that is not her best photo, I'm going to say, Every time I tell her she looks amazing, she's going to go, but wait, is this what I look like all the time? <laughs> that bad? Is that bad photo? 
I see what you're saying. That's an interesting way to look at it because the my perception of that um, analogy, right, or that you know example that people give fairly often, I when I hear that, what I'm hearing is like I am feeling extremely fragile and self conscious right now. So rather than saying like, uh, you know, may, maybe maybe we don't wear that one today right now yeah. my my brain goes to don't you don't even worry about it sure. don't like who fucking care like to me i would i would much rather all day cuz that's the only reason i'm asking see and and that's probably what you're describing as well is like you know what Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I like this, and I really want somebody to be like, I don't, I don't love it. Now, if it, you, if it's it, it if it's the material, like if it's a fashion question, I don't give a fuck. I'll be like, that looks dumb as shit. Yeah, but sure. if it's if the so question is yes, if it. Yeah. It's just, it's I th- yeah, I see what you're saying. I but yeah, again, like I think it's it's situational in the fact that like if somebody's if it's a friend of yours, I Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now. The fuck did you eat last night? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, and honestly, I don't think I think that my teeth are shaking. <laughs> Right. And people mix that up. Not just in the movie for the sake of the plot. In real life, people don't give that proper consideration. You don't have to say things that are unnecessary, but don't lie. Yeah. And you don't have to answer something dishonestly or try and avoid my bad or reasonable half-truth is a whole lie. Like, lying by omission is a so to me, it's in my intent to be an honest person. I factor that in all the way. Um, if I'm trying to exclude or disguise something, I'm lying. So that's my intent. Mm. Even if I'm not technically doing it with my intent. I was going to say that's interesting because lying in and of itself, does does that... I mean, back to, you know, you're saying with Sam Harris questioning that stuff is like, I think really what we're talking about when it's, whether it's a bad thing or not, is what is our intention and what is the outcome we're looking for? And if the outcome we're looking for is I'm going to get away with something, it's probably a bad thing. I'm curious as to like... I feel like that goes back to kind of what was ingrained in you with 
going through the shit that you went through is like, I need to know how I truly look. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to like. Yeah. Yeah. The lighting was shit in a video, and I was like, wow, that's embarrassing. And I had somebody, like, insist that I looked amazing. And it really made me be like, do you really think that? Do you think that is me looking beautiful and moving? And, like, do I look in the mirror, and because of the way I'm presenting myself only when I'm in the mirror, which is a little bit different on tape. Is that a total facade? And the rest of me is like this, that video? Like, that fucked me up for a little while. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Until, well. Well, the shitty thing is when, when you're at the like lowest points of your disorder, I'm sure you still had people saying you look amazing. And like looking back on it being like I was like about to pass out and you're telling me that I looked great like yeah yeah Now, I'm interested now, like, so when you give an honest thought or opinion and somebody becomes combative with you, like, how often when you say these things are people like, what the fuck, man? Just say I look like Shaquille O'Neal right now. Just give me, I want to wear these size 17 shoes. Well, then I don't mind. Okay, fine. Ah. Because they're the people who don't do that. So it's offensive to them because we're not being polite to each other. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So the people who are like, what the fuck, man? Those people have no problem. Like, they're not as bothered. Just brush it off there. And they can brush it off. Because sometimes I will say, like, I think you look fucking stupid if you're really saying that. Go ahead. You know? And, and it doesn't I wish my beach ball was fucking nice. I feel, you know, because cause I, I feel guilty, and then I start thinking, like, well, what about me and my beach ball and my beach ball? What can I do or be differently? Or what about them? They need feel. How are they? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you really start to... Man, you know what I just realized was that, like, that person still gives their opinion they just give it to somebody else which is worse like 
Because they'll go, oh, dude, I feel terrible. I told Jessica that she looked great, but her dress looked like dog shit. Oh, no, that's how you dress. That's what, okay. That's what Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it is so freeing to not have to do that sometimes. Yeah. It, you connect with people better if you're somebody who is attractive. Yeah. <laughs> and it is okay. And you do, I feel more confident as a human being to be able to express myself and to like, my myself be appreciated in a way that I otherwise wouldn't have given it an opportunity to, um, to do. Yeah. Well, I could do this all night, but I did, I did say that we try to keep this at 90. So, but, so I always ask uh, people to give advice and, and you, you do a, a good job of, of explaining a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. Um, but when it comes to uh, individuals um, who I'm trying to think of how to word this question, but when it comes to self-reflectiveness um, and uh, like people's trepidation towards it, um, like, do you have advice for people on how to kind of look inward and come up with healthy? Does that make sense where I'm trying to go? Like, Like, what are some, like, do you have self-reflective, like, um, practices or, like, um, inner dialogue that you give yourself? Honestly, meditation. Oh, do you meditate? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm shit at it. <laughs> Yeah. Everything everything is helpful, so whatever that could be, but um, my concept of what meditating even was was often I think maybe that's just part of the progress is you you learn more about what it is as you do it. I actually had heard that and experienced that. So one of the things that I would say is just work on however you're breathing or looking with your eyes or closing it, whatever it is, try not to think and hold it. Uh. And it's hard to hold that. And then don't have any judgment about like whatever thought. Whenever you catch yourself, oh, lofty thought, which is a natural thing, bring yourself back to because what it does, it literally cha- changes your brain, your neurochemistry, because you're reinforcing those neurons to like observe a lot and feelings and, and you know any of the other senses anything that's going on right now that 
you would never have thought. And when you start observing anything, you just allow your brain to notice things and notice yourself. Your emotion, when somebody says something, you feel the feeling in real time and react to it. Even therapy. Yeah. Well, and therapy is a, is a great example of, I mean, you're, you know, dropping your walls and allowing for an interpretation of why you feel a certain way. Yeah. Without, without a bias, then you're getting, that is a type of inter like self-reflection and inter. Yeah. Thank you again for doing this. This was a lot of fun. If if you ever want to come back, if there's a topic you want to hit, then absolutely can do it. No, I need to. I would love to see that. It's funny you say that because I've been putting it off. Like, I do want to have him on, but I'm a. I, 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 I do. I, I need to do it because. There are some things that, like, like with his father's passing and all that, that, like, there was a lot of shit that hit home and, like, there's all these things attached to it, so. I, I get nervous, but then it always ends up being a good thing. Like, I was nervous about having Tyler on because the cancer stuff was so fucking fresh and, like, is I, I knew there was going to be, like, some, some tough points, but, yeah, I got to do it. Yeah. Or like what people want to Yes, I agree. So that means he's going to do it. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I'm around. We could, you're actually closer. I drove all the way out to Becker to go back here. You're closer to my starting point where I went to. I should have plugged in your address. Ah, what can you do? all right awesome yeah thank you again for doing this and to the listeners be well to yourselves